On this week's episode of Devil's Trap Podcast, if you see an octopus on a snack label, is it the flavor or the mascot? You take the risk. And what did daddy do when you ran off and joined the pagans? Let's do this. Welcome to this week's episode of Devil's Trap Podcast. I'm Diana. And I'm Liz. And this week we're going to talk season five, episode eight, Changing Channels. Hooray! It's here. Yeah. Very yes. excited to talk about this episode. It's going to yes. be so good. We have so many fun things to talk about. Uh, so before we get into that funness, let's talk about the funness of Liz and Diana, because yeah. we know that is actually why you tune into <laughs> this show. Clearly is not to hear us talk about a television show or whatever other weird shit. It's just to talk about our dumb lives. So Diana, yeah. what have you been up to? Uh, I just uh, spent a few days in Nashville Yeehaw. for Americana Fest. Um yeah, it was super fun. Uh, it was technically a work trip, but sometimes my work is fun and I am okay with that. Uh, so yeah, we, um, I went and uh, got to go some really cool places. Um, this, oh, just to rattle off a couple interesting spots, the standard at the Smith house is an amazing private club, but they also have a lovely steakhouse. I got to spend some time in, um, got to go to legendary venues, um, basement East. I got to go check out the new Brooklyn bowl in Nashville and made it to, um, exit in, uh, which word on the street is due to a real estate problem. Exit in may not be part of this world much longer, which is sad. Ooh. It is a legacy venue. Like everybody has played there kind of a deal. And I say that like, I'm not being dramatic. Like everybody from like Billy Joel to Diarrhea Planet has played there literally. So I'm just saying. Um, and then um, no, and I got to go um, host, host a little music related party myself while I was there since that's what I do. But uh, we got to uh, go to a really cool little bar called uh, Skull's Rainbow Room. And if you watch the video, it's on my shirt. It's a little tiny um, bar that's been around since 1948. And uh, they have jazz. They've got great cocktails. I didn't get to eat. I've heard the food's phenomenal. And they do burlesque on the weekends. And it's just like, just just a cool fucking vibe. You know, it, it, was, it was a really neat spot. Um, and then, um, the other super cool spot I did get to go check out was white limousine, which is the, uh, bar on the rooftop of the graduate hotel and is best known for a giant. And I say giant, I mean like 12 plus foot tall bust of Dolly Parton on the rooftop. It is spectacular. It is a fitting tribute to the one and only goddess, and everybody should go and bow and sacrifice things there. If you like some rhinestones, yeah. or you know some some oh, mascara, rhinestones. yeah, you were. I'm, I'm wearing rhinestones. I'm, I'm sure. Rhinestones. I am sure a couple of rhinestones gave their life for our queen, Dolly. Yeah, all hail so, Queen yeah, Dolly. Was- and uh yeah and so that so was pretty cool and then there was this really rad little tiny um spot i got to pop into i sent you a picture from uh at um it's at the it's this little like oh what's it called the late great it's a little tiny room at the virgin hotel and it looks like it was like a super fucking cool living room that's where they had the 
poster with a fist that said rights for goths. Um, they also the, had a the most oppressed class <laughs> of all people, the goths. I, with funny. that evil day star just oppressing uh, them all the time. Yeah. Uh, apparently that one of the pictures in the room was the last t- picture taken of Johnny Cash uh, was hanging in there. And um, I, see, I see a band there too, but it was, it was just a really neat vibe. Uh, apparently the Carter family as in like June's family helped decorate and curate this space. Not so Jimmy Carter. Just clarify. Just to clarify. The Johnny Cash reference, I hope that that was helpful, but I thought I would just throw that Some people may not know, and they're like, why is Jimmy Carter's family doing this? (laughs) And uh, I've gone way out of order, but I did spend a tiny bit of time on Broadway, which is known for being kind of a shit show bachelorette party hellhole nowadays. But we, uh, oh, lots of wooing. But uh, I was at Robert's Western World and Acme Feed and Seed. Both have been around for a while and are pretty, pretty cool spots. Robert's Western World, especially. I did, I did have the fried bologna sandwich like you Yum. do. At Robert's. So. I love the fried bologna and some sandwich. Beers. Sometimes there's um, a little WT in me. I'm not going to lie. I didn't know I liked them because I didn't like grow up eating them. I've learned in recent years is everybody's tried to make them fancy again. Well, they don't there. They're just plain, but like. People try to make them fancy again. I'm like, okay, Here, this yeah, bad. here's yeah at a hipster bar, uh, which was our friends and no longer exists, so I can shame it now. Yeah, uh, pay ten dollars for a fucking bologna sandwich on white bread. Like what, motherfucker? But it's delicious. It was amazing. But yeah. So yeah, that's my my that's my uh, my quick uh, overview. But yeah, it was a really good, um, great trip overall. I was like, now I'm like, I was like, I don't think I did enough, and I just like rattled all that up, and I'm like. Oh, I did a fucking lot in just a couple of days in Nashville. And then good old Nashville sent me off with me being accosted by a homeless person. But so that was my, kind of put a damper on the end of the trip. But I will uh, I'll move on, move on from that. Yep. Cool. There we go. So tell you had a fun weekend, too. Yes, I actually left my, my house uh, and regret. No, I don't say I don't regret it. But so I went to Seattle and first uh went to the museum of pop culture and i have for some reason and i have been to seattle quite a few times have never gone there but i saw they were having contact high which is an exhibit of you know hip-hop through photography and so it was i was like yeah let's go do this and i was like the other stuff like oh they have a fantasy section a horror section i like those things it'll be fine like that'll be good like i've got like an hour and a half to kill before like i need to go do something so Go and the contact high exhibit was phenomenal, and just like so many prints of like every record album or every hip hop record album that you wanted to see, you like all the prints of like what they wanted to choose and what they did it. And then there were you know sections on the evolution of like women in hip hop and what how they're represented, and it was just it was beautifully put together. Highly recommend going to see that exhibit if you're in Seattle. Then I went to the rest of the museum and I did not know there were a couple of things there that were going to happen on the floor in tears. The first being as I'm walking through the horror film section, which I don't understand why these are in horror, but I will certainly, we we can put them in the genre. There's a subset of horror. Morticia's gown. The actual gown that she fucking wore in both the Addams Family movies. And I'm just like, oh, Oh, and there is this couple standing in front of it and they're just like talking and looking at their phone and I'm like motherfuckers you need to move and I'm just standing there kind of like trying to casually like 
obviously I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. And then I think the, like the flames started going out of my eyes. And I'm like, am I going to shove this elderly European couple to get them the fuck away <gasps> from Morticia Adams gown? And then they take a picture and then they apologize to me. And I'm like, mm-hmm, whatever. And then I cried because it was Morticia's gown and I got to study oh. it. There was things I did not even know. There is ruching on the butt of that dress. Just like simple, like elastic ruching. I was like, I didn't know there was ruching on there. There is no court. Like she has to have been sewn into this dress. Like I, yeah. it was phenomenal. It was so good. And then, you know, kind of going around taking, there's all sorts of fun things from like all these different horror films and TV shows. And then my best friend, he goes, Liz, you're going to come in here. And then I turn the corner and there in the case was Mr. Pointy. Mr. Pointy, Kendra steak that becomes Buffy steak in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And I literally was just like, ah, it's Mr. Pointy. And it was just, it was an amazing room. And also like the room that it's in is all dedicated to vampires. And they have all these different stained glass window depictions of different parts of vampire mythology oh cool beautiful so well done it was so great and there was all sorts of other fun exhibits there there is a whole thing to you know devoted to science fiction the fantasy section is like and the science fiction y'all they had the goat the pro the backpack from ghostbusters they had you know uh there was a ray gun display with like 40 different mm. ray guns and guns from different That's movies cool. and then you could like go and and see like what movie they were in just all the starship trooper stuff this babylon 5 stuff just i mean it was a nerdgasm completely and it was not <laughs> expecting to have a nerdgasm and then the my morning but it was brilliant and i loved it it was so great and other than we went to archie mcphee which is uh, if you do if you don't remember those catalogs from our youth it is just a store full of crap I bought so amazing much crap. crap. They have a rubber chicken museum. And there were two separate children that came in that were obsessed with rubber chickens. And in a way that's, these children were a little off. But in a good way, one of them had a sign that said something like, I break for rubber chickens. And she it was like a sign on, like she made on a wooden like a stake and she's walking she watched yeah and she was walking around she's showing to the house the the person who's checking them out and she's so proud of her rubber chicken sign i was like what is happening i i mean my friend are just like we don't know what is happening here but we love it but we're very confused yeah why does this child love rubber chickens so much and how does the child get exposed to rubber chickens these days like how is this a thing mm. and then like less than 15 minutes later this other child comes in and she has a rubber chicken and she is just talking about how much she loves rubber chickens and she's so excited to go to the rubber chicken museum. Is somebody paying these children to go into the store and say they love rubber chickens? I don't know. It was, <gasps> it was an amazing, beautiful, weird as fuck thing. So that's the day is starting to get weirder and weirder and weirder. You know, didn't you? We found we showed uh, we went to the troll under the bridge. I do love the troll under the bridge. That's you know career goals. But finally that evening we go to and I will name the theater. We go to the Wamu Theater for to go see our bands. 
And this place is the weirdest fucking venue I have ever seen. It's gigantic. It is way too gigantic for this show. First, when you walk in, you go through these metal detectors, right? And the metal detectors are sort of like the ones you would see in an airport, but without the thing on top, right? So we both go through once and they look at me and they go, oh, it must be your belt. And I'm like, probably not my belt. I go in my head because I know what sets off radar detectors, right? So I go through, I take off my Apple watch because that's got a metal wristband. I take off my, so I'm undressing. I take off my pyramid belt, throw my phone in the thing, walk back through. There are also like six people at this point watching me go through here. And they're like, well, and it goes off again, like, well, we don't know what it could be. Do you have anything in your in your pockets? And I'm no, no, I do not have anything in my pockets. You just watched me. And they're like, well, do you want to walk through again? We we don't want to. I'm like, just wand me. Like, what is wrong with you? Like, just take the goddamn. What what? Just stop being polite. You were here to do security do security and i was like you know what like and she wands me and then like it goes off my back and i'm like oh that's my bra and they're these are women and they are just their faces look astounded and i wanted to ask like are you small tittied women what the fuck like have you seen the size of my chest yeah, there's some hooks that are required to hold these puppies up. And they were, the girls were out and looking fantastic because I was at a show. And, yeah. and then I was like, just feel my back. And she felt my back. She's like, oh, raw. Yes, motherfucker. Like, it's a, but the, have you met, like, I would just, what I said. Yeah. Mind. And then there's like two people there who are clearly giving, like, I feel like the entire event staff had been beaten or yelled at a lot about how this event was going to go. Cause I, their six were so far up their asses and they were trying to be on top of things, but so on top of things that it was making things not work. Cause like they're just trying to micromanage everything. Right. So then you walk in and I forgot about this thing in Seattle and I'd heard about it, but this was the first time I had witnessed it in my own eyes that in order to have an all ages show, the adults are corralled in basically cattle cages to drink their liquor. So you can't walk you around the bad influence, you. right? Like, oh no, these children are going to drink alcohol. Guess what? Yeah, we did that at sixteen at shows, and it was fucking fun. You should let these sixteen. I'm not condoning young people drinking, but also, bad. this isn't really going to stop anything. This isn't going to stop it. Like, what you're doing is you're making the adults pound their beverages faster because we are not responsible people, and we want to have a buzz while you're watching that band. Yes, we want to drink responsibly, but also I want to be a little buzz while I'm jumping around and dancing and watching a band. I'm so, I, I will not apologize for that. That is part of rock and roll. It's been yeah. a part of rock and roll Agreed. forever. And Agreed. frankly, these little kids are so goddamn straight edge and so worried. Like they don't give, they don't want to drink. They don't care. It was just, oh, it was so fucking stupid. And then. You know, we were getting ready to leave and we had a VIP package, which did nothing, nothing, except like it would have given you early entrance, which I guess you could have gotten to the other merch table faster. And they did sell out of a lot of merch. I was planning on buying a hoodie from one of the bands and I did not get yeah. to buy a hoodie because they were all That was up. your whole wardrobe plan when you were packing. Wasn't yeah, it? well, I, fu <laughs> I fucked that one up because I didn't want to stand at a merch line. But also I was just thinking that. 
I will be fine at this point. I it's I have a t-shirt on. I also have like tights and like I had a lot of layers on. I was fine. Mm-hmm. I had on my massive bra. So or finally, like part of one thing you did get with the VIP package was this like merch package, which was pretty phenomenal with a lot of good stuff in it that we really wanted. But you picked it up at the end of the show. So while the last band is playing and we're getting like how you know, at least like they've been on for a little bit, I'm like, where where is this? And yeah. finally they're like, Oh, it's over there. He's going to start setting it up now. What? You had three hours to set up a VIP merch area. And the guy was on top of things. Not totally, you know, but what the fuck? That's terrible planning. It's just so, like, the whole place was so inefficient. And it just made my head want to explode. It, and also just, even, and I understand, like, I don't agree with, but the separation of the where you can drink and where you cannot drink. Okay. They also wouldn't serve you whiskey meat. Or anything yeah. neat. Because it was a shot. They wouldn't put an ice cube in it. It had to have a mixer. Uh, this is like, I don't know what you're trying to control here, but this is stupid. Yeah. Y'all, this is entire. I get it. People are, are dumb and they're doing dumb things. But what you're doing is not, it's not the correct approach. So. Stupid. stupid. I don't ever want, I will never go to Seattle to see another band. That's how like much that pissed me off. So, deuces, Seattle. All right. So, uh, that was a very long introduction, and but we both had things to talk about. Big stories. And I was just going to share is that this upcoming weekend, we will probably have, over the next episode, we'll probably have some stories too, because this weekend is the Invasion Car Show, which is presented by them, Car Club. I'm just kidding. We don't talk like that. No, it's uh, my Car Club's Car Show in Deep Ellum um, all day, Saturday, the 24th. Uh, it is free for spectators, so come on down if you are in Dallas. And there's an awesome after party at Trees that night. That's what I got. And then Liz is coming in town because we're going to go see Wu-Tang and Nas. Ooh, that'll be very exciting. So yes. we will chat all about how that goes because that show will be in Texas, y'all. And mm-hmm. we do have restrictions. We do things carefully, but it ain't going to be that stupid. All right. So let's jump into changing channels. Yes. Mm -hmm. All right. So fun, fun. fun. uh, I I don't know. I'm going to run through the production stuff because I just want to hear what Diana thinks. So um, also some just quick supernatural news. CW and Warner Brothers Television did announce that if you're going to New York Comic Con, there will be a screening of the Winchesters October 9th, Sunday at 2 p.m., followed by a Q&A. Members of the creative team will be there. I'm not sure which ones, but that would be also really awesome to see. Uh, Jeremy Carver, who wrote this episode, so we'll just knock that one out. He mm-hmm. will not be there as far as I know, but Doom Patrol, his show, will be having their first panel at New York Comic Con, too. Mm-hmm. Brendan Frazier will be there along with the other cast mm. members. So go support that if you're there. And also this week, because television is coming back, even though what we do in the shadows stopped. So I'm there. I'm still going, th- I will be going through withdrawal for the next year. Yeah. 
Big Sky premieres this week. That will be out by the time this episode drops. That will air on September 24th. And Jensen Ackles will have a regular role on this season playing Bo Arlen, a confident and charming good old boy from Texas who will Mm -hmm. act as temporary sheriff while Sheriff Tubb recuperates from being shot. I don't think they have Southern accents in Montana, but probably, right? Sure. Sure. They're on a ranch. So this episode was episode eight of season five. It first aired November 5th, 2009. It was directed by Charles Beeson. And like I said, it was written by Jeremy Carver. So this episode was brought to Kripke and he immediately fell in love with this. This is his, he says this is at least in the companion book when they interviewed him at that time. He said it was definitely his favorite episode of all time. And it's, up there in some of my favorite episodes i never get tired of watching it so diana super fucking fun very much enjoyed uh i mean in the commitment to the theme and kicking off the episode with the theme song that is so good so so good everything yeah it's brilliant it's fucking I mean, brilliant. not immediately the whole thing. I mean, obviously they start with a scene, but like they having like really starting the episode with a theme song. But yeah, so amazing. Um, so cheesy and fun and yeah, clever, 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 clever. Very much enjoyed. No, tricksters are clever. So let's oh, just start talking about it because that way we can just woo it all throughout it. Get to it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we're at the Sun and Sands Motel, um, and we get the in the first your first hint as a viewer that there's something different. It does the you know, filmed in front of a live studio audience, and I'm like, oh, Supernatural is not. So this is something different. What is happening here? And you could clearly recognize that it's Dean's voice saying it. You're like, what? Uh huh. And they're and they're in a motel room, and it's very saturated, very saturated with color. Like this is not a normal. This is a, this is a set. No. But, um, and we get a lot of, of like applause tracks and you're like, okay. So, you know, we get, Dean has made his dream giant sandwich. I don't know if that is just Dean's giant dream sandwich (laughs) that I was also very hungry when I was watching this and I was just like, man, like my note actually says, fuck, I need that sandwich so much. And then, Ooh, spray cheese. Cause he was putting spray cheese in the refrigerator. I was like, "Mm." yeah, he had, he had meat and Mr. Cheese in the fridge. And I just Mm. had a conversation about Mr. Cheese earlier when that came on it was pretty funny what is mr cheese um, mr cheese like oh mr cheese, cheese. Like, okay that's what it said yeah um wasn't that dagwood and that they used to make like wasn't that the comic the old comic was dagwood to make a giant sandwich i believe so but that's that's an old one i think that's even that's older than us and we're ancient yeah, it is <laughs> so um and we get like the very classic like sitcom entry of sam walking in and there's audience applause and some real corny dialogue about how Dean needs a bigger mouth to eat that sandwich. But it's still funny. Um, I think there's a little a little exchange about, uh, what is it? Hey, Sam, what's happening? And Sam says, oh, nothing. I'm just in the world. But they are. <laughs> and then, so, yeah. We know that this is, so they kind of, I guess that that, like, as cheesy as all this, like, the, some of the dialogue here is, it's still showing us that, like, okay, this is the brothers we know and something real weird's going on. But, um, yeah, they, uh, we get, of course, a very, you know, I think, I don't know, 
Sam asked if Dean's done his research and his research all night was the chick that's coming out of the bathroom in her underwear. Yeah, underwear, which was a bikini and in heels. And it was just really awkward. It is a very awkward thing. And that poor woman also, I hope she got paid a... I don't think that is something we would see in 2022 on TV. I think that was no? a little bit exploitative, but also, yeah, okay, I get it. But so but she the wants. The most important part comes next. Yep, yeah, she wants to do more research. She does, but then we get our theme song, right? Because well, we also get our first "Son of a Bitch." So Dean says "Son of a Bitch," and then we go into our theme song. Yes, and this theme song is epic. Uh, And the intro is epic with everything from them hunting and a fake ghost to a two-person bicycle, scooters, football, uh, beers. Like, it's just like the cheesy montage. It is so great. And the scooters that they're riding around in were actually Jared and Jensen scooters that they rode around on the set, which I am not surprised at all. This honestly looked just like they took outdoor shots of them hanging out on the set. They were having the best time and it's just adorable. The theme song has such classic lyrics as when it ends, it says, when demons come out to play together, we'll face the day. Mm -hmm. Family biz to hunt and bros. Two hunting bros. So good. So yeah. good. And they also yeah. have, they're toasting each other with Tejas beer and beef barn burger fries. God damn, I am so hungry is what the notes didn't say. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, we, uh, then go into our, our episode, or I guess, the, I guess the main part of the episode or the intro of the episode, really, it's Wellington, Ohio, two days earlier. And, um, where it's a hospital. And there's a, all we're seeing is a doctor, two doctors making out. And then it slowly zooms out. We realize it's Dean watching this on TV. But yes, he's sitting around in a suit watching Dr. Sexy MD. And Sam gives him some shit. And then they decide to go about watching that show because Dean's like, no, of course I'm not a fan. He's a fan. Uh, And they go to the sheriff's office. They are um, investigating a bear attack. And, and yeah, and Dean's just like it's what so do bears just normally like chase people like through the woods and up the stairs and the sheriff is just so into great. their bedroom. Into their bedroom is like, well depends on how pissed off that bear is. And it's so like great. not wrong. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, oh, okay. okay. Yeah. But he had the whole Mr. Mr. Randolph is the one who was killed, and Mrs. Randolph witnessed the whole thing. But she's confused apparently about what she saw because she doesn't think it was a bear. In her interview, she's very distraught. As you would be. As you would be. And she's trying to convince herself that, yes, yes, I saw a bear. Clearly, I did. (laughs) And when she gives her answer, it's not what the boys expected. I think they were expecting to hear, like, a werewolf or, you know, a a rougarou. But what what does she say instead? The Incredible Hulk. But she knows it's crazy. And like Dean goes, Banner or Norton? And she said, those movies were terrible. The TV Hulk. <gasps> uh, Lou Ferrigno. For, for nerds out there, Diana meant to say Banna and not Banner. It's fine. She oh, she Sorry. she clearly knows that the difference between the Incredible Hulks. Don't come at her. Okay, so. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> 
But also Norton was terrible, and that is so great. There is this is also where we just start. I think the writers just like we're gonna throw shade at everything, everything. Yes. Just like this bah. episode is so much shade. The this, whole episode, it does. So we go cut back to our motel, and in there, Dean is reading an online newspaper of the Wellington Guardian with a mm-hmm. very detailed description of the local man killed in a bear killed in bear attack, and. Yeah. The sheriff is quoted in there as saying, it's like the bear was up on its hind legs. You can almost see the shape of him as he came through that door. Would have been at least six and a half feet tall up on his hind legs. So the sheriff is quoting in there, basically like, nope, nope, bear, 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 bear. bear. Must be a bear. Only a bear. Yeah, but Sam went to go check it out and he's like, yeah, this is a giant hole where the door was. And it's very Hulk sized. And oh, guess what? Mr. Randolph has a rap sheet. For a lot of issues that involving anger management. He was so not a good dude. Is, no. So he was a hothead. Killed by the TV's greatest hothead. Does that not sound like just desserts? <gasps> oh. And of course, Sam also happened to find some candy wrappers. So what do we have? Who has a sweet tooth and likes ironic punishments for people? Trickster. Yeah. Trickster. And we know Liz is very excited just in general about tricksters. And this is a fun episode. So it's a double whammy. Double, double whammy. But our whammy gets taken down because Dean says that he's wanting to gank that fellow since the mystery spot. So we have another sighting of the gank. No no ganking. Don't gank the trickster. But Sam's like, "Mm, maybe he can help us like prevent the apocalypse. So maybe we talk to him first. Which is not a terrible strategy. Honestly, I think it's finally like, hey, at least they're farting. Farting. (laughs) 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 That is a a blooper and do not understand where I went to farting from. But I was about to say, at least they are starting to actually... Instead of just running around and like being reactive, like, like to be, we uh, don't. What at least they're doing? This is strategy, right? If this is war, like the angels keep saying, you need to have a strategy. So I am here for at least to consider it, right? It's on the table. Yeah. So we've got our brothers sitting around listening to police scanner, waiting for a hint of something that could be trickstery. So they're like, okay, well, they finally some they hear some crazy shit. They're like, oh my god, they're at the paper mill, and it's insane. I can't even tell you what's going on. Send everybody. And so they're like, oh, that must be whatever the trickster's doing. But it was a trap. Of course it was. Right. And they go to this warehouse. Which, by the way, I'd just like to point out another supernatural abandoned warehouse sighting. They found another abandoned industrial site. This also looks kind of like one they've used before, but that's all right. It is, because we get a quick view of a trunk Yay, as they're trunk. taking out their stakes and flashlights. Yay, trunk. Mm-hmm. And then they enter through door number four, and door mm-hmm. number four does appear in episode two, no, season two, episode 18, Hollywood Babylon. That's right. As the door to Hell Hazers to the Reckoning set. Spoiler alert, we'll see the door again. It's a, it's a special door. I love the I fact like this door, door is just sitting around a set somewhere in Vancouver. All right. So they walk through the door, but they don't end up in an industrial warehouse. No. Suddenly they're in scrubs and white coats and they're in a hospital. And they both have doctor name tags on. And doctor? they look back doctor? at the door. Doctor? Doctor? And they open the door that they came through, look back behind them, and it's a closet with people making out. 
And Dean very quickly realizes as a petite doctor comes up and slaps Sam in the face that they are in his TV show, Dr. Sexy. So did you ever watch Grey's Anatomy? I I have seen episodes once upon a time. Like I didn't like ever watch religiously, but I'm a, I have a general awareness of it. How about that? Okay. I have seen Grey's Anatomy a few times. All all the time. 15 seasons. But no. I also have I have stopped watching it. <laughs> I stopped the last season because I just couldn't take it anymore. Damn you Meredith Grey. This is just too much. But she if you watch a likable character, so it lost me. Go ahead. I'm sorry. They kept like, well, because it was such a long show and they kept taking off the characters that I really like. But yeah. so, you know, as Dean is pointing things out, you're starting to realize that we are in a parody, parody of Grey's Anatomy. So for we have Dr. Ellen Piccolo. It's the Seattle Mercy Hospital. Mer Mercy Hospital is actually in Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. Dean is recognizing characters because he's a fan, like Diana said. And so Doctor he's calls like, oh, that's Dr. Wang. And that's Sandra O's character, Christina Yang. And they also then point out and there's this guy sitting on his bench in this this fucking like robe. And they mm -hmm. say that, oh, that's uh Denny uh sorry, I forgot what he called it, oh Johnny Drake. But if you look at that, you know this is exactly a copy of Denny Duquette, aka the character played by Jeffrey D. Morgan, aka John Winchester. And so it's even funnier that we're so now like we're we're poking not only but we're poking fun at the characters that were on that that were on the show. Meta. Yes. That's yeah. amazing. That's some good meta. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so uh Sam guesses that the trickster has put them into a TV land world at this point. And but Dean's like, yeah, that doesn't really fucking make sense because how this isn't really the TV show because the TV show has like TVs and like or cameras and actors. This is kind of bizarre. But um, yeah, you know, what can you do? Dean's a super fan, so at least he knows the set. Uh, and the Dr. Palmer, Dr. Palmer, aka Dr. Sexy. Dr. Sexy, Dr. Sexy, uh, is the star, and he confronts them about the experimental face transplant that he had told them not to do. But Dean notices that he's wearing some fucking K Swiss and slams him against the wall because Dr. Sexy wears fucking cowboy boots. How dare you impersonate my Dr. Sexy, I think was yeah. the expression on Dean's face. Because yeah. he was fanboying out when he showed up. Like, oh, it's yeah. Dr. Sexy. It's Dr. Sexy. And those were ugly shoes, too. You should you should get hit for wearing those tennis shoes. <laughs> so, it's the, and it was the trickster. So, we get our, um, our, our, our spite sighting. Um, but the, uh, it is the trickster. He... He says that, yeah, this was all a trap. Um, I, you know, I made this whole thing and Dean's like, well, so how do we get out of here? And, and Trickster's like, that's the $64 question. And Sam's like, tries to talk to him. He's like, Hey, let's, let's figure out what's going on. Can we talk to you about this? The world's kind of fucked right now. And Trickster's like, uh, yeah, y'all broke the world and you want me to help clean it up. If you survive for 24 hours, we'll talk. Yeah. He ain't wrong though. Look, hey, Sam. Yeah, at least somebody's calling Sam on his shit. Like, yep. Mm -hmm. You started the apocalypse. Duh. All right. Yeah. So they were like, wait, so we're playing a game. What are our game? And then he vanishes. And then we get another son of a bitch. It's definitely a son of a bitch heavy episode. It is. It is. Um, so Dean's like, fuck this. You know, we need to get out of here. This is bullshit. And uh, the female doctor approaches him again and slaps him. 
or so at this point she's like trying to he's trying to explain that he's not really a doctor and she's like you're the finest cerebrovascular neurosurgeon and that whatever it's just so ridiculous it's hilarious. it's so great it's so melodramatic she goes off crying after she tells like after telling he's like i, I don't do this and like yes of course you're afraid to operate and just yeah. the the switching of the language to echo is fucking great but then remember earlier when dean was getting yelled at by dr sexy for not doing a face transplant Mm-hmm. The man's wife. The man. Yeah. Yes. The wait. The wife. The the husband. The wife. The, the, the husband, husband of the man. <laughs> the, the, the husband, husband of the, of wife. the woman. <laughs> the husband of uh, the hut. They get confronted by the husband saying, "My wife needs a face transplant," and Dean, Dean's like, "Yeah, it's not real," and no, she doesn't, and starts walking away, and so he gets shot in the back. <gasps> what? And he's like, "Okay, that is real," and so now Dean has to have surgery to get the bullet out of his back. And Sam's the one who has to do the surgery. But Sam doesn't know how to do it with actual doctor supplies. So he asks for things he knows. A pen knife, dental floss, a sewing needle, and a fifth of whiskey. Stat. 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 And as he's doing this, uh, pardon for jumping in on covering one of your things that you probably would, but uh, Robbie Spencer's I Love to See You Happy Again begins to play. And part mm -hmm. of this is because they're making fun of how much Grey's Anatomy uses indie pop music in each episode. And Kripke really hates that type of music. And in an early draft of the script for the Supernatural pilot, he wrote, cue music and you can take your anemic alternative pop and shove it up your ass. Dean plays bass thumping pile driving Zeppelin and he plays it loud. That is from the Supernatural wiki. And I just thought that was hilarious. But they also, like yeah, they shared a music supervisor with Grey's Anatomy, Alex Patsavos. And so she made sure they have the perfect songs. And he said, I think he thinks a few of them may have actually been in Grey's and that they use them here. So That's they're nice. really doing this fantastic job of just like really mocking I'm, this I'm, and then going all in they're they're all in yeah that's that's yeah. half of why this works so well if they weren't so committed i don't think this oh, episode yeah. would have been as brilliant it, as it was it would have just it would have just been like falling flat i mean if you hadn't if they hadn't given it this much commitment yeah and i think it's really interesting so like the transitions from each scene are kind of abrupt uh because we get a scene change now and it, they're no longer in the hospital after the successful surgery by sam and we have we see through dean's eyes looking at the floor while he's finishing his surgery and they are now on a japanese game show and there is a man in a very sharp shark skin scoop yelling let's play Nakaka! yes and ah! so now we ah! see both yeah it's a lot sam and dean are both standing up in kind of like these weird like platforms with their feet strapped into i, I was like they're strapped into ski boots but yeah. there's also a ball on a lever aimed at their dicks. Nutcracker! Nutcracker. And there are two assistants <laughs> yes. to the host. And I wasn't quite sure what to call them. Horny devils? Because they have little devil They had devil horns, horns and white go-go boots. I don't know. And very little else. There is a lot of women's skin in this episode. Just yeah. saying. Well, I mean, that, I mean, that's that would be on brand for the trickster. Fair, fair, good point, good point, good point. But, um, and um, the host pulls has a bunch of cue cards with with 
questions and things on him. And he says that they're going to play a game and ask Sam, uh, name the demon you chose over your brother, uh, basically. But and Sam can't hear that. But the audience can Japanese. see the subtitles, but it's in Japanese. Yes. And he's like, what the, yeah. what do I do? And the clock is counting down and we don't know. <laughs> and the answer the host reveals is Ruby as the clock runs out and the lever unleashes and the ball on the end of it goes straight into Sam's dick. Well, technically it would go into his nuts. I guess his, his yeah, wang would be there too. But Jensen thought that this whole scene was hilarious because in the past few seasons, he kind of has been getting a lot of brunts of the practical jokes on this set. Right. But Jared said he did wear a cup just in case because he okay. didn't want to get kicked in the nuts, even though this had not obviously hit, hit him. It, but just in case, right. and I understand it. Well, I don't because I don't have junk. But if I did, yeah, yeah that that would be prefer not. Yeah. So I also just love a Japanese game show because they're fucking ridiculous. Yeah, they're crazy. So we're gonna play I'd, a game. Uh, oh God, and Diana's like, "What the fuck is Liz doing to me now?" All right, I'm play a game. Are you ready for a game? Yes. Game show or not game show? Or I guess I don't know. I'm so terrible at naming these things. So we're gonna. I'm gonna ask you some things, and you're gonna have to identify which of the which of the three is not a Japanese game show. Okay. 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 Got it. All right. So, so which the, one is not a, a game? Yeah. Show. Which one Got is it. not? Okay. So. Our first group, uh, they really like to do shows about food and your taste buds. So which of these is fake? Number one, man eats spaghetti in a dryer. So the gist, gist of gist of this gist. is players take off their clothes, uh, their underwear stays on, and get into a dryer. They are given a bowl of spaghetti noodles and chopsticks. The dryer gets turned on and they have to finish the noodles. All right, so man eats spaghetti in dryer is the first one. The second is marshmallow rubber band. So in this game show, players put rubber bands around their face and their mouth, and then they have to try and eat marshmallows dangling from them from on, a, on a string, right? Okay, so that's number two. Marshmallow rubber band. Third choice. Is it food? Players have to choose between which food is normal human food and which is cat food that's made to look like human food using like you know, the sushi sculpture and all the stuff they do in Japan. Okay. Which of those is not an actual Japanese game show? I mean, I would believe that any of them are. Um, I'm I'm going to probably go with the dryer, spaghetti in the dryer. That's a game show. Oh, man. Very dangerous game show, too. They yes. literally are tumbling around in a dryer. It's no longer on the air. Uh, the one that was fake was Is It Food? Although there is a there is a Japanese game show where it's like candy or not candy. And they have to like choose. They have basically sculpted like a shoe or like a picture frame. And they have to figure out if it's candy or not. There's like a door handle that's made out of candy. But sometimes it's just a picture frame and they're biting into a picture frame. That's hilarious. Yes, it okay. is. All right. Our next category, everyone loves sports except for Liz. Which of these is not the real one? All right. First one, human bowling. Contestants in an inner tube are pushed down a giant ramp into bowling pins. No, down a ramp into giant bowling pins. The ramp, well, I guess yeah. the ramp is giant too, but yeah. it's all giant. But yeah, they're hitting, but they're hitting really big bowling pins. All right. B, human curling. 
contestants are basically playing curling, but instead of the so- the stones, they're in inner tubes on ice and they're getting pushed around. All right. <sighs> the third one, soccer with binoculars. Contestants have binoculars strapped to their eyes and have to play soccer. I'm going to say that one, soccer binoculars. You're guessing that one's not real? Yeah. No, that's totally real. The one I made up was human curling. That is not real. <gasps> but that one makes so much sense. <laughs> like, making sense is not <laughs> the object of a Japanese game show. Okay. Oh. All right. So, this is okay. Instead of the American version of the newlywed game, Japan has come up with a better version, which is real. I'm going to give you a choice. This is just two choices. All right. The first is kiss and tell. A woman has to identify her significant other by his kiss. Her partner and a random selection of other men put their lips into holes in the wall, and she has to identify which is her man by sight, touch, or taste. Or is it the bum game? A man has to identify his significant other by her butt. The woman and a bunch of models put their butts in holes in the wall, and he has to identify it by sight, touch, or taste. Those are both upsetting. I'm just saying. They are. Uh, I'm going to say that the butt one is the not real one. That's the real one. Damn it. And it's really, they just basically grope women's butts and bite them and eat them. And it's very off-putting. Unfortunately, yes, that was a thing they made. All right. This one, I, I can't even put these in a categorize. These are just like random game shows. Which of these is not real? What? Fill it up. Contestants compete to see who can fill condoms which are hung over their partner's mouth with the most goo without breaking it. Number two, Komodo chase. The contestant has a piece of meat attached to a string at their waist. A Komodo dragon is released and they have to escape before getting caught by the Komodo dragon. Or the third choice, slip and slide. A man is covered in basically lube and has to make his way across of oiled women in bikinis. Which of those is fake? Komodo. No, it's a condom one. I made it the condom okay. one. But yeah, there actually is one where a woman was getting chased by a fucking Komodo dragon. They're real fast. They're real fast. That's not safe. For such a, for such it's not safe. Culture. It's a very repressed culture to have, to have such like, in a lot of ways, like to have like such explicit stuff too. It's very bizarre. They're yeah. also the reason we it's have very- all of our sex toys. Well, I know, but it's just a very, like, it's just very contradictory in, in, on surface. I get it. I get it. All right. And so our last, our last one, all right. Mm -hmm. So first category, first one, say this right. Nutcracker! Contestants have to recite a tongue twister. And if they say it wrong, they get hit in the balls, get in the nuts with a ball on a stick. B, blind for a day. Contestants are blindfolded through their through a have to last a whole day, and they have weird obstacles thrown in their past, like and they have to get through their entire day and not take their blindfold off. Or C, money and bra game. Women contestants have coins poured into their cleavage to see how many coins their tits can hold. That can't be that. That's got to be the fake one. No, it's totally real. Oh, damn. 
It was really painful too. I, although I think like I would win. So I don't know why we're talking about my boobs so much today. But anyways, the one that was okay. fake was blind for a day. That one I just made up off of the stupid viral thing where people just went around being blindfolded. Like after that, that remember the bird movie that came out or the fuck that oh, was? Yeah, people were, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so the say this right nutcracker is what this episode's nutcracker was based on and that is a real show so wow wow Diana, you did really bad in that game bad you i did bad good on these i know you games. do i don't I think you got like a single one ever. right no, no. I didn't no. too bad i can't hit you in, in the nuts or Thanks. or he- there was one that was like a headbutt there were there were some that i just left out because they were too hard to explain but thank you yeah. japanese for giving me many weird things to watch <sighs> while i am you know, in the yeah. mood to watch really weird stuff weird on shit. YouTube. Uh, yeah. So also this 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 scene also gives me. I just have to make my idiocracy reference. It really gives me how my balls feels too. It does. It does. We we have empathy or sympathy. We don't know what it feels like to get hitting. Jared said getting hit in your nuts usually makes you want to throw up. So that sounds sounds, sounds so awesome. awful. And to ease us back in, we will talk about how. There are replays of, of him getting hit. So in the many nuts. replays, and so it was just so well done. And the and Dean's reaction of just like, oh, so, like, shocked oh. and upset. Oh yeah. And we do uh, get a commercial from one of the horny devil girls. Yes, for shrimp chips. And, Nutritious uh, shrimp chips. Yes, and what it just was, I was dying watching this because, they, I mean that those exist. By the way, those exist, and, and I'm going to H Mart hopefully to Wednesday and for no, those of you who have never been to an H Mart, it is mm-hmm. a Asian super store that is, has aisles and aisles of things like those nutritious chip chicks, chips, trip chips. And they are just, I love just kind of taking them by like which cartoon character I like the most and then playing Russian roulette and be like, did I get soap or did I get nutritious chip chips? I won't know until I open it. Uh, uh, babe had, has a story about some dumb snack item. He's like, oh, it just has a cute little picture on it. That doesn't mean anything. And it's like freaking like octopus flavored crackers or some shit. And he's like, not what I was going for. Not what I was going for. I hate them, but I would not buy them again. Kind of a thing. Like <laughs> it is not just a cute logo. It is the flavor. That is the key. Um, yeah. yeah. Surprise. So. Uh, Always be mindful of the picture on your. Well, what if it's a picture of a child? Well, (laughs) whoa, who knows? Um, So, yeah. Um, And then we uh, there the right after the commercial ends, though, the game show is interrupted by banging on the door and Castiel shows up and he's like, y'all been missing for days. I've been looking for you and I need to get you out of here. And then all of a sudden he disappears. Yep, he tries to boop them. He is his kids. He can't boop. He has boop dysfunction. Boopless. And Uh, I couldn't figure out how to explain what happens every time he vanishes. It's basically like it's a static and like an eighties or nineties movie effect. Like it's just you could tell it's like pixels going out. So it's still in in brand with the show. I like the way he disappeared. Absolutely. Um yeah, so, uh, and, the, and the host then says in English, Mr. Trickster does not like pretty boy angels. Oh. 
Uh, and then starts to ask Dean a question, his next question and asks him if her mother and father would be alive if his little brother had never been born. Oof. Oof. Yep. And the countdown starts. And so Dean's about to get hit in the balls, too. Right. And Sam's, Sam's just like, we should play along. And like, but Dean's like, how? Yeah. Play the game. He's like, how? And so right at the end of the countdown, he hits the buzzer and says the answer is yes. But he says it in Japanese somehow. Somehow he can speak Japanese. And he is declared the Nutcracker Champion. So now they know they've got to play by the rules to survive. Play the rule. We survive. But for how long? How long can we last? How many times will I get kicked in the balls? We'll find out. Well, luckily they don't have to get kicked in the balls for in this way again, because now we cut to a commercial, and it is our uh, there's a woman doing yoga on a pier, um, and she uh, shares that she has genital herpes. We cut to an older gentleman who says the same. Cut to a, a Sam playing basketball, and he is not thrilled that it is now his turn to play his role and say the same. Yes, and, and he is shilling her Pexia. There is her a Pexia. great voiceover from Dean who says, I, mm-hmm. I I just want to make a parody show of all of these things, but patients should always consult with a physician before using her Pexia. Possible side effects include headache, diarrhea, permanent erectile dysfunction, thoughts of suicide, and nausea. Yeah. Yeah. So... He he played his part. The commercial continues, and then we. Uh, oh, one thing. Little... One thing mm-hmm. before the the network was very concerned about this commercial in the middle of the show because they thought oh. people would think it was an actual commercial and change the channel. Huh. But the show I'm... the show stood behind it and said no. We were we were going to have this in here anyways because it's hilarious. I think also stop being stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, we do have to see a lot of freaking commercials for pharmaceuticals, but that's a different conversation for a different day, a different podcast. Anyways, uh, so um, we get a voiceover that we now return to Supernatural and we're back at the motel that we saw at the first uh, very intro of the episode. And we get um, Dean saying, son of a bitch, as he's escorting the woman out the door. So we picked back up right where we were. And they have a conversation where every line is answered with the laugh track. And they're clearly annoyed at this, but also just kind of playing along. But Cash shows mm-hmm. up and he's clearly been, he's been through some stuff. He's been through some shit. He's a little beat up looking. He's like, I don't have time. I just got out. Something more powerful than a trickster is involved here. And uh, then he gets slammed against the wall as our trickster enters. And he also gets duct taped. So he gets that across his mouth so he can't say anything anymore. And then we get to sort of the the gist of why... I don't know why I'm saying the gist so much today. But we get into the meat, the meat, meat. of why this is happening. Because it's a metaphor. Why is the trickster? It's a metaphor. It the whole thing is a metaphor because the trickster wants Sam and Dean to play their parts play the role what roles does he mean the tv roles no he wants them to be the vessels that they've been asked to be what so was this a surprise moment for you 
big time. Yeah, he's like, this is that's you gotta play your roles out there. Sam is Lucifer, Dean is Michael, it's celebrity death match. He's like, but the world will win. He's like, yeah, but you already started it. It can't be stopped. Let's get it over with. And Dean's like, but what side are you really like? Who, what, what side are you working for here? Heaven or hell? He's like, neither. But Dean doesn't believe that. And <laughs> uh, so Trickster calls Dean an arrogant dick. And this is the reason why, or one of the many reasons why, why, while he may be a co-host with Rob Benedict, Rob Benedict is an arch nemesis of the podcast, but Richard Spate is fine because this is so fucking hot and works for me in every way because he just gets all like super, like a super daddy on him. He's like, listen to me, you arrogant dick. I don't work for other, any of those SOBs. And then he like slams him up against the wall and he grabs him by the collar and he's all up in his face and he's like don't you ever ever presume to know what i am and it's just like Woo! oh boy oh boy he's you're like on yourself over there yes it's like you're gonna suck it up you're gonna accept your responsibilities and play the roles that destiny has destiny chosen for you yes sir Ooh, yes yes sir i will obey you thank you may i have another this is just it's so good it's so good <laughs> Oh, or you can stay in TV land forever. There's 300 channels and nothing's on. Hmm. Uh, yeah. uh, so our, Ugh. our new daddy leaves Sadie, whatever you want to call him. He, he, he pops, he snaps his fingers out and Oh crap, we're in CSI. And this is another reason of them just mocking everybody because both Grey's Anatomy and CSI, Miami, I'm not sure which CSI it was at that time, were on during their time slot. So they were competing against them for nice. ratings. That's so this amazing. is it's even better. It's oh, even yeah. better. No. And there, there's a dead guy on the ground. He's got blood on his stomach. You've got your really obviously labeled with jackets corners and forensics teams and all that. Um and uh our uh our uh, Winchester brothers are standing there in suits and sunglasses at night. Hmm. Hmm. And Dean yeah. says, only no talent douchebags wear sunglasses at night. Ow! Ooh! Burn! burn! So, uh, Dean's pissed, though. He's like, this is, he's, I hate this game, a freaking procedural cop show. I hate that even more than the game we're stuck playing, basically. But Sam's like, oh, no. I think I'm, he thinks he spotted somebody. So he's like, just follow my lead. But so he they also, over... they burn procedural cop shows too. Cause they're like, oh. there's 300 of them on television and they're all the freaking same. It's playing crash here. Oh, shut up. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> and you know, and sometimes uh, I like procedural cop shows, but hey, whatever, you know, yeah. it's all right. Uh, say so you watch a lot of SVU in your world. I think so. I do. I do. I love SVU. So great. Hey, Benson. Or Law and Order in general, but anyway, so um, <clears throat> they they put their sunglasses on and they go play the part and they play it well. It is fucking hilarious to watch them as they are obviously mocking some of the care the actors slash characters that have been on some of these CSI series. It was really funny, um, yeah, very CSI. And they're they're talking to one of the um, forensics guys who's eating a lollipop which is just weird but whatever uh, which is what i think set sam off to go like, over oh, there this was this must be the trickster 
but he's like, oh yeah, you know, they, we've got to start with all like the quips now, you know, it's a, they're like, oh, he's got ligature marks and a roll of quarters down his throat. And Sam goes, well, I say jackpot. And then Dean pokes a a stab wound with a stick, Mm -hmm. which I thought was fucking hysterical. And then he says, well, I say no guts, no glory. Mm. (laughs) And Sam replies with, get that guy a Tums. Dean, gutter ball. (laughs) And then the Who starts playing during all of this. It's so it's so it's so great, and this tech is yeah. cracking up, and then Dean stabs him. Yeah, with the, with the big stick, because they think it's the trickster. Well, they think we think we think they think it's the trickster, but it's not. It's not the trickster. They he were tricking dies. the trickster. Yeah, because then a cop behind them starts laughing, and he's like, "You got the wrong guy." And Dean's like, "Uh, did we?" And then Sam's behind him and stabs him with the stick. <sighs> y'all are y'all are <sighs> one step ahead of him. You're yeah, and everything goes back to normal. And they were back and they're back in the pe- the paper mill or whatever it is, and our trickster's on the ground, and he looks dead. He looks dead. Yeah. So we see they're back at the day mo- that motel, and uh, Dean's trying to like he's like, man, I really want worried about Castiel, and he's talking to Sam, but Sam's not there. So he, Sam, Dean goes looking for Sam, leaves him a voicemail, gets in baby. And then he hears Sam's voice. Because it's not baby. It's the Sam Paula. Dun, dun, dun. Sam Paula. <laughs> that is what the oh. that is what the Sam the fans have dubbed it. I do think if we put the I in there though, I think that would have been better because that would have been a Sam and Paula. Because it's okay. the Impala, you can, like or Sammy, right? Sammy Paula. Like I think that yeah. would have been better, but a Sam Paula, I still like. I'll I'll, I'll take it. Yeah. Uh and uh so yeah. We and we've got a a night rider scene going down um there, but that also means that it's not the trickster it's not the trickster so did you uh i i am assuming that you were looking in and all the the little tech things that got added to baby yeah like the 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 douchey grill lights um and the new panel that lights up when sam's talks and all the extra lights on that that and then the the gauges that have normal auto cruise and pursuit. <laughs> oh, so good. And uh, like the other ones are typical. Like there's, you know, alt, there's alt aux, but there's a satcom on there, which I'm guessing this is exactly what the night, what, what night rider looks like, but I can't remember night Rider. I watched it, but like, I watched it as a freaking child and I don't yeah. remember it. I don't care enough to go back and watch it. Oh, David Hasselhoff. I'm sorry. I don't um, want to watch night rider anymore. Sorry. Uh, but now Dean thinks he has figured things out now that we know that it's not the trickster. Uh, and so he's like, mm, let's go. And he's got a plan and he goes and rustles around and trunk for a bit. Only it's not baby's trunk. It's Sam's trunk. It's Sam's trunk. It's very uncomfortable. It is. It's, it can be quite uncomfortable when someone is rummaging around in your trunk. Yeah. And then we get... Uh, and he says, ow, when he closes the trunk. <laughs> that was funny. Anyways, so Dean yells to this guy. He's yelling, uncle, we'll do it. So he's calling out to the angel. He's like, fuck it. We're in. We'll, we'll do what we need to do. And for a minute as a view, you're like, either he has a plan or they're fucking saying, fuck it. Maybe they don't have a way out. So, um, yeah. 
And uh, the trickster appears and compliments Sam's rims. <laughs> Things that really work for Diana or, or car humor. <laughs> car humor. Yep. I was amused. Uh, anyway, so trickster's like, hey, are y'all ready to go? And Dean's like, mm, not until Sam's got opposable thumbs again. Duh. And trickster's like, yeah, it really doesn't matter, though. Uh, Lucifer's going to ride his ass either way. <laughs> that's a choice of word it's a, that is a word choice it is a definite word choice <laughs> i mean <laughs> but anyhow so I, I just don't even i was like what uh yeah and um yeah so all of a sudden sam steps out of baby because he's back to being human sam not car sam he does and uh so dean's though asking trickster he's like why didn't the state kill you? Uh, maybe you're not the trickster. And Sam has drops a zippo on the ground where Dean has cleverly already dropped a ring of holy oil. <gasps> and oh shit, they trapped the trickster because he's an angel. What? Now he's trapped. Yep. And so now we are back in reality. We're in the in warehouse the, the and he wants to know where he got the holy oil. And he did not say, I got it from a weird hipster guy in Jerusalem, which we all know his boyfriend went there to get it for him. But instead, he says that he pulled it out of Sam's ass. Yes. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Uh, and um, they called him out because, uh, but, and Dean's like, yeah, it was obvious. You got so mad talking about Armageddon because uh, that, that was our dead giveaway that you were an angel instead. And ends up it's Archangel Gabriel, who became the trickster as his own form of witness protection um, because he doesn't didn't like watching his daddy and his brothers fight anymore. So right. he said, fuck this, I'm out. And he, he eated out of heaven. He eated out of heaven. Yeah, a couple of things, too. Like, I did think when they were going through that, uh, they were getting to Gabriel, I all of a sudden got the, that's not my name. That's not my name. Like, that's what I started killing. They call me Gabriel. That's not my name. You know, that's... <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was taking a sip of my soda and I didn't want it to come out of my nose. <laughs> but also, I did want to have, I think this, this needs to go on a t-shirt for me, but what did daddy say when you ran off and joined the pagans? <laughs> Uh, uh, that's such a such a good line but he does respond back with a daddy doesn't say anything which means that god's still a no-show where what mm -hmm. so we still even he doesn't know where god is so we're getting a little bit kind of more of the backstory getting woven into this and then he gets very upset when dean calls his brothers heavyweight douche nozzles yeah, he doesn't like that. He's very defensive of his brothers. It's kind of like a weird, like, he ran away. I don't know. Like, his backstory is a little bit convoluted. It's kind of bitch-made shit. That's what I'm I can. I it. can make you, you – so, being that I can break his, his backstory down a little bit better just because they're kind of dancing around it. However, what I think is saying – they're saying here, though, is that you always defend your family. My family's shitty. Anybody talks shit about my family, I'm going to beat the fuck out of them just because it's my family, right? And so he's right. pissed off and upset because they're little bitches, but only he's allowed to call them little bitches, right? And he just couldn't take watching his family fight over and over again, and so okay. he went into wit sec. Does that make more sense? 
I guess. Because otherwise it just sounded like some, like, like he was being a bitch. Well, also they're angels and they're little bitches. Like, That's, I think yeah. this show is so full he kinda of, was. kind of, kind of like, uh, they're fighting. I don't want to be here and I don't want to deal with it. So I'm just going to go hide. But also, sad. that choice. Go hide. Yeah. That was yeah. choice. Sometimes you go hide. And so, and he, but yeah. he really, he just wants it to be over. And I can kind of get that though. Just like, I just, yeah. he's like, no, I don't. He's ha- also lived for a long time. This also goes back to like, I don't like, with, like last episode we had a, we were talking about, you know, immortality. I'm like, oh, that sounds fucking. Like, I don't want to get old, but also living forever sounds terrible, too. <laughs> I'm like, pass. Watch. Did you watch the end of The Good People? Mm-hmm. The Good Place, not The Good People. Not The Good People. Oh, yeah. No. I yeah, The Good show. Place, where they really delve into that kind of that idea no, that about. Show. Yeah. So, but we also get into some huge, huge Ooh. story canon here, because I'll, while he wants to be over... He wants, he also blames them for, and I kind of, he blames them for starting it, but then he goes into this huge, huge sort of revelation. Yeah. And he's basically tells them that they were, it was two brothers that loved each other and betrayed each other. And that that's why, that's what Michael and Lucifer were. And that's why Sam and Dean have been destined since like for all time to come around and eventually be the vessels for Michael and Lucifer. Michael was the elder loyal about loyal to his father. Lucifer was a little brother rebellious of dad's plans. And that's Sam and Dean. And that is why, you know, from the, the quote, I guess is from the moment dad flipped on the lights, we knew it was going to end with you always. What? Whoa. I guess I didn't like their use of always there. They should have not used that because always like that when it's just dropped like that is a Harry Potter thing. That's my thing. Go ahead. This was before that that book came out. So at least the one word that he says always, this was published before that. So they maybe Rowling took this from them. Who knows? But this idea that Sam and Dean are beyond special, right? They're not just hunters. Mm-hmm. They're not just vessels. Their mm-hmm. entire destiny has been everything that has been done has been leading up to this point for them to be the vessels. This was des- oh, predestined by God. But then also, I'm like, then why are you so pissed, Gabriel? I'm also very glad that I can call him Gabriel, I'm not the trickster anymore. So why are yeah, you so you, pissed, Gabe? You, you like, fucking knew this was coming. This isn't a surprise. If it's destined all along, then what the fuck? Why is this a Did whole he thing? want them to fight their destiny? He didn't fight his destiny. He ran away. So, and I, th- and then we're going to start seeing, like, the guys, you know, realizing, so, well, fuck you. And Dean's, like, backbone just rose, and it's just so good, and he's mm-hmm. just like, no. No. That's not going to happen. And I was like, oh, baby, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, stand up to him. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, I wish it was a TV show. Easy answers, endings all wrapped up in a bow. Um, but yeah, this is going to be and bloody for all of us. And that's just that's just Gabriel's attitude about the whole thing. And uh, Dean just was like, no, we, you need to bring Castiel back. Bring my boyfriend back before we do anything. I'm not I'm not going to be here without him. I miss my baby. And so he snap. He does snap Cast back. He does snap Cast back. Castiel's reunited. And- Yes. And, um, but, uh, Gabriel gives a little bit of shit to Castiel asking how the search for daddy's going. Cause he knows that God is missing still. So we've still got Gabriel in this ring and we've got Sam Dean and Castiel are just going to leave. 
And um, he's like, are you, are you leaving me here forever? He's like, no, we don't screw with people the way you do. Uh, you know, it's not some like prize between you and your brother's fighting or destiny. So there's a little more turns- gravitas put to that i think than what yeah was i was just- a little bit so blase yeah there's a little blase about this he's my just deliver- like my delivery your delivery meeting, but, yes. but yeah he was really saying you know, this is you know, you are afraid to stand up to your family stop being a little bitch and do like stand up and do what you need to do and think about yeah. this and we can see this kind of thought starting to go over gabriel's face so we wonder you know, whether or not he's contemplating it Got through to him Mm-hmm. But and the cast and Gabriel still have that moment too, like they're looking at each other, and so we know like something is something as big as brewing. Like this is Gabriel's not going yeah. away, right? We think, at least I would think, that he's going to be a player, and this angel demon roar is getting bigger and bigger. Yeah, it's exciting. And then they pull the sprinkler so he don't get trapped forever in that ring. It's nice, nice of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the brothers, our brothers, as they're leaving, they're asking each other if they think it's true, but they're not sure what to do next. But they do, but now they kind of wish they were back in a TV show, which is just funny because it's on a TV show. TV show and a TV show and a TV show. It's an enigma mm-hmm. wrapped in a vest, wrapped in a vest, wrapped in a tuxedo. Mm-hmm. But it is still, uh, and also they kind of just get into the car and like a cast is just, just walking behind them and then it just ends. It just ends. But no, it was, um, yeah. I thought it was a super fucking fun episode. I really, really Diana rates it. this episode as super fucking fun. Okay. Super fucking fun. Zero bummers. Zero bummers. On the scale of Bummerland, this had zero bummers. Uh, uh, yeah. I think, it, I think it was an interesting canon. I think it like, but like, I don't know. I, I didn't want to get too in like. I'm not going to get heavy. I'm just going to like dip my toe in the little heavy of what this episode brings up. And then we'll just walk away from it because we're going to have an enjoyable television show and not an existential crisis. Um, but when you talk about like destiny like this, and it was, if someone was to believe that this was like from the beginning of time, that was destined to happen. That's kind of like, so a little bit like, is it more stressful or is it less stressful that it was going to happen all along and it was predetermined and then if it was predetermined, why is there an argument about this at all? Like, it's, it's very complicated and upsetting. I, can't I don't think we hole. can go down the philosophical question of predetermination, which has been argued by philosophers for millennium. And, to wrap up our podcast. And, and what, whether or not, yes, we're going to come up with answers that nobody has been able to figure out for yeah no yeah. no free will That's what I'm just, but it does it does touch on that in this episode which i thought was interesting it does it does and i think there is the you know, there is that broader we're asking some really big heavy questions in a very delightful way so yes. we are taking these we are being spoon fed this information that oh by the way for the past five years that you've been watching this show did you know it was leading to this? And this was something they always like the demon blood, the baby that this all was created. So this path could happen. Right. But we're going to give it to you with some people getting hit in the nuts. Yeah. And if you're yeah. honestly thinking about all the bad news that's been delivered to me over the last two years, I would prefer if we just all delivered our news this way. So next fun, time fun, that a fun festive, a fun festive uh, with yeah. some comedy and a laugh track. 
So next time, you know, Vladimir Putin invades a country, can I see him get kicked in the nuts? That would be great. Another person becomes a British monarch. Can I see the new British monarch kicked in the nuts? <laughs> With laugh track. With a laugh track, which honestly, I don't think there would need to be one because everyone would just be laughing. Oh, goodness. You can't tell how I feel about monarchy, can you? All right. So on that mm-hmm. note, uh, Liz. Well, I do have a couple of casting Oh, no, I forgot. Notes. I forgot. Sorry, sorry, I do have sorry. a couple. No, it's no, all right. No, no, I'm a, I won't. Honestly, as many, this show, well, I, I don't, this is not an affront to anybody that was in this episode. However, um, there's a few notable ones I just want to hit. There as many, but not like I said, it was a pretty okay. big cast, so I don't. I'm not gonna do them all. But all right, so I, casting mm-hmm. couch. Casting couch is the casting couch. Were they on that show that time with that guy? La 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 la. la. Casting couch. Uh, so, um, Dr. Sexy was played by, uh, Steve, I'm going to assume that his pronunciation is basic, B-A-C-I-C. And he's just, <laughs> oh, yeah, which is funny. I know, but he was in, uh, he was Johnny Phoenix in the sixth day with, um, Schwarzenegger. And then he's, uh, was on, uh, he was in Dr. Hank McCoy. So he's a doctor in, uh, X2, the X-Men movie. Uh, he was in a lot of like, he was in like Stargate, uh, Andromeda. He was in a couple episodes of X-Files, just tons of TV and one episode of ER. And I just found that funny. That so, is hilarious. Also, then, the fact um, that I used to date somebody named Base, whose last name was Basic. Well, he was in a band called The Basics. And so everybody referred to him as name Basic. You can, you can figure it out. It's not that hard. But anyhow, yeah. go on. That's funny. Uh, our game show host, our Japanese game show host was Hiro Kane- Kanagawa. Um, and he's been in a ton of stuff that we would know. Uh, he was the pet shop owner in Best in Show. He was a team doctor on the sixth day. It was just funny because it's another thing they were both in. He was in Stargate. He was in Andromeda series. Um, he was uh, uh, Yoshido in the movie War with Jason Statham. He was in multiple ex- episodes of X-Files. He um, was on the TV show Heroes Reborn as Hachi- uh, Hachiro. And he, Professor March in The Magicians, many episodes. He was Detective Clark in Fifty Shades Freed, which, no, I have not seen those movies. Nope. And uh, Lieutenant Suzuki in iZombie. So I thought that was pretty cool. He is a great character actor. Every time I see him, I get very excited. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then... um, our sheriff earlier on in the episode was um, played by William McDonald, and he is just because of the show I care about. He played Warden Norton in Riverdale, funny enough, and he also played the role of a sheriff in the movie Summer of '84 and in Carrie. I just thought it's funny that he plays a sheriff. That's in a just lot his. Of that's his. That's I guess we all have their roles, and sometimes he's a sheriff. And there's one person who was just credited as guy, and he was just a guy on this episode played by Gabriel Carter, and he was the unsavory man in Breaking Dawn. The Twilight movie. Eat so. it, Twilight. Yeah. Uh, Kathy Randolph was play, um, was played by Sarah Jane um, Redmond. She was in a, just a ton of TV. She was in Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. Uh, she was in the X-Files movie as a special agent in charge. 
She was um, a uh, repeated character on uh, Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. She was an eye zombie. Uh, and she was uh, Mrs. Kemper in The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Sabrina. So, a lot of people we've seen in things that we like or just things that were entertaining. But I think our, our biggest um, guest character, actor, or star on this one would have been Hero. That sounded pretty cool. Yeah, that was a cool cast. Yeah. Cast yeah. That's all I've got this week. How about you? I think that's it for me. And with that, I think we'll end it. Cheers, Jerk. Cheers, bitch. Devil's Trap Podcast is a Don't Get It production. Meow. Devil's Trap Podcast is part of the Ship It Studios Podcast Network. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Devil's Trap Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at Devil's Trap Podcast, Twitter at Devil's Trap Pod. Or you can email us at devilstrap at devilstrappodcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe, leave reviews, and share with all your friends. We're at all your favorite podcast outlets and at devilstrappodcast.com. I'm Babe. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.